Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for the Cleaning and Cocktails podcast. This is where I get the opportunity to speak with fellow cleaning business owners, small, medium, and large. We take the time to let them share their stories on the ups and downs in the industry. I also speak with other experts and professionals in the industry, from your manufacturers, your suppliers, trainers, as well as other types of entrepreneurs. My mission is to empower our cleaning industry to inspire and motivate each and every one of you. I want you guys to reach new heights of success and learn from one another. My goal is to have you walk away with some tips, secrets, advice, and opinions that are relevant to all of us in our day-to-day hustle and grind while we're out there in the field working every single day. So sit back and share a cocktail with us and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. You know the show. This is where we get the opportunity to empower the cleaning industry, the service industry, and we're given the opportunity to fellow entrepreneurs, fellow people in the business, fellow supplier, manufacturer, any kind of service trade that you're in. The goal is to share to the industry the knowledge, which is wealth in my opinion, but also the opportunity to learn more and more of what goes on in the day to day. So today I have the pleasure of introducing one of my best friends, Josh Lopez from Lopez Plumbing, and why I thought plumbing would be a good a, a good service to bring into this space is through Josh, I have gotten so much business, you guys, where think about a construction site. There is so much that goes on there. And you guys know I preach a lot about constru- post-construction cleaning. What Josh has done for my business in Chicago on the post-construction side, it's unbelievable. So I thought, hey, why not talk about this in general? Because nobody ever really thinks, you know, cleaning, plumbing, does it go together? I'm I'm the first to say, yes, it does. You know, on top of the networking aspect, but done with me, Josh, thank you so much for taking the time out to, you know, first of all, I want to share Josh's story. I want to share what he does in the plumbing industry, but just, this is a, a, an entrepreneur thick and thin. So do me a favor, Josh, introduce yourself. Who is Josh? Who is Lopez Plumbing? And how the hell did you get into plumbing? Let's start off with I'm Joshua Lopez, owner of Lopez Plumbing Systems. But how I started off, first off, I didn't graduate high school. So we could get into the whole education aspect later on. I usually learn from my mistakes. Um, Got into construction, uh, was helping my father, odd and end jobs. He was a union carpenter from McCormick Place, so he would, you know, probably work five months out of the year uh, and then he'd be laid off the rest of the time, but he knew how to build everything. So he opened up this remodeling company. So I would help him out working for him. And anybody that works for their father has probably had the issue that they can't work for their father because you got too many, it could be a testosterone thing. It could just be pride, this, that, the other. So my dad asked me one day, he's like, Josh, what do you want to do with yourself? I was like, I don't know. I just want to make a lot of money. He's like, well, you're kind of dumb. Why don't you get into plumbing? They all make money. <laughs> and so literally the day after that, we were working on a job site. The plumber that was working on the job site fired his apprentice. And uh, my father's like, Josh, jump at it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, He's like, just give him a hand. Let's see how it rolls. Turned out. That's like my second dad. Uh, <laughs> worked for a guy, K&J Plumbing, Ron Gazinski. 
uh, got, you know, it was a small shop. So when you work for a small shop, it's, you know, you, you're not just a number. So he was able to teach me a lot of stuff. Uh, fast forward a couple years, I was in the union, uh, you know, just got my journeyman's license. I was a little more advanced than, let's say, the average apprentice because I would do so much side work. And I would feel that most side work, you don't have a boss that is going to have to deal with the repercussion of you messing up, you know? So you have to fix your mistakes. You're trying to do the best product because it's, you're the one that has to answer yeah. for it. And of course, everybody wants to give you side jobs because you're going to be a lot cheaper than a company, right? Yeah. So November, 2007, incorporated. We uh, started out with six guys, first Job site was a 233-unit remodel. So it's not new construction. It's not a full restoration. It's per unit based. Did you say 233? 233-unit. Damn. But what people have to realize, it does not matter the size of a job. It could be 500 units. And that's where my plumbing skill came in and I could make it as efficient as possible until the business aspect comes in play. And the bigger you are, the harder you fall, right? And it's like, okay, whatever. I only had a six man shot, but it's the bigger you get. So after that, now 2008 happens, right? What happened? Housing market crash. Yeah. So you're gonna think most trades are suffering. Thank God I got into commercial Versus residential because the resident residential market crashed. Yeah. So I went back down to three guys and like we maintained, you know, and didn't make a ton of money. Always struggled to make payroll, just like anybody else. Anybody that says that life. they can't do it, it's either you're like a silver spoon or is what it is. So we got into it. Just. Went on ahead, uh, 2012 happened. And just because of all the commercial we would do, the quality of our craftsmanship, a lot of people really don't care about how plumbing looks. Like, oh, it doesn't matter, just put it behind the wall. Put it behind the but wall. when yeah. it's actually, some people are like, I don't wanna even cover it up, but your show pipe. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course that's like a pet on your back. Like it's technically it looks art, good. it looks pretty, okay. right? If enough time of seeing your vehicles parked in front of these larger job sites, you're going to get these other contractors that drive by like, oh, this guy can handle this. You know, he's handling that. I think one really good, uh, I guess, software application that's out there is BuildZoom. Okay. BuildZoom is like a report card. So if you type, if you go under BuildZoom and you look up Lopez Plumbing Systems, you'll see the value of the projects that I've completed, you know, in the last 10 years. You'll see the description because you'll have the permit and what it states on the permit. So for contractors to decide who they want to use, of course, they want to use somebody that has experience in what you're building. So I think, believe it or not, that has brought a value to our company. Uh, most contractors are very weary of, you know what, your numbers are really good, 
but you're usually probably like the lowest bidder. And it's like, all right, I'm going to go with you because your numbers are low. And a lot of contractors do that. And a lot of contractors come back after the fact, like, I get it now. The numbers didn't make sense. Estimating is huge. And you do not have to compete with other contractors. You, this contractor could be at this price. You get so many contractors in this industry that say, all right, well, I'll give you last look. I got a guy at this number. Do not compete with that number because this could be one guy working out of, uh, out of garage or this or that, and he might fail. He just threw a number out. You have to know what your costs are to do a job and never back down from that. And I feel most like, I mean, actually, it doesn't really matter where you are. You could be in Poland. You could be in Mexico. Do not try to compete with other numbers that are out there because I would say that's 75% of the time why companies fold. Yeah. You just can't do it. You have to make a certain margin to stay open. You got to stay strong on, your, on what it is that you're bidding. Yeah, and to, a lot of guys don't have that backbone. You guys, like how to tie this back into cleaning, right? Is you're talking about staying strong with the numbers. That's what we deal with all the time. Underbidding for us is massive, right? You just, for us, it's, oh, it's, it's cleaning. I could oh, do this. I could do this. For less it's, time. It's I'll make less. But how Josh is saying is, so tell me a little bit about this last look concept though. What is that? Is that something? So, you know, you're going to get your contractors and they always have their favorites, right? Like I've worked with, you know, 10 different general contractors. I would say with a lot of my scopes where uh, there's really, I don't have a lot of competitors because I'm a bigger non-union. I don't want to jump ship and go union because then I'd be this small. You're like in a great, I'd you're rather in be a the gray bigger non-union yeah. than the small union. So depending on your paperwork, which we spoke about earlier, paperwork is huge. It's not just being a good contractor like as far as plumbing wise yeah it's g702s invoicing uh you know schedule of values this that the other construction is now starting to be a lot of paperwork i mean it's been like this for like the last four years but now it's excessive as far as getting last look you'll get these contractors that would prefer you and so they're going to get four other bids and it's like all right well you're about on a, let's just say, you're 10% higher, or you're right in the middle. But we got this guy, and he's got the low number. Well, general contractors that are always going for the low number usually drop the ball, and it doesn't last for that general contractor. Uh, their insurance premiums are going to go that sky high that they're, they can't compete. So... I always tell guys, I'm like, look, at, I would like to hear what the numbers are, but that's not going to make me change my mind. Yeah. Like, this is my number. I'll negotiate 1%, this, that, the other. But until either we make the deal or you say, Josh, no, then I want the number just to see how is it possible yeah. that they can get to these numbers. And you always just got to go back to the drawing board. I mean, that. Any business should always be working on efficiency every day of the week. Yeah. So talking on efficiency. So as you guys can see, 
Josh knows his shit, right? Like the, the, this again. Not only is he a, a very good friend of mine, but he's he's an entrepreneur and a business owner that I I respect, and I we always go back and forth, Josh. You know that on you know just not our businesses, but just business in general. But you guys may say like Rick, we're you know we're talking about plumbing. It's called cleaning and cocktails. Which by the way, cheers, right? Because you guys know I always forget the cheers, but. The reason why I wanted Josh on this is because it goes beyond just the the service industry relationship where it's networking. Networking is by far the, the most powerful. This tool. might be one of the best networkers that I know, right? And you guys may say like, Rick, you you know, I, I network a lot. Bro, you do. Right? You but, do a lot. But when when you can find people. I execute. Stop! I execute too. Don't don't even <laughs> say that. <laughs> no, but when you find people that, like, on a whim, if you're talking about conversation which we just had like ten minutes ago, and they think of, oh, I have somebody. Oh, I've got somebody. Oh, wait a minute, let me think about this person. This is what we're talking about. This is why I want to bring Josh on because this is our relationship. We always talk about That's business. That's how we started it. This is how we started, right? Like, literally. Think about the post-construction environment, you guys. For somebody that it's so intricate to have, to, to build a plumbing business and to be a contractor on site. Again, I'm not taking anything away from us as cleaning contractors. We're, you know, you guys know we're always the last one on site. But Josh knows about a job six months before I would even know that that job is there. Oh, that's where your leads are. Think about that where you're at, right? Whether you're in New York, New Jersey, Florida, California. There's plumbing contractors everywhere. There's electrical contractors everywhere. These are people you should get to know, network, build relationships, right? We shoot the shit. We talk about so much stuff that you guys don't even know. You know, drop an AMC drop right there. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that we talk about. But it's... I, I, will, I will say this. Sorry to cut you drop off. Drop it. Drop it. So you talk about cleaning. I think cleaning and restoration come hand in hand. Most catastrophes in a building are what fire or water right so now you come with that and you already have all these restoration companies all they do is just pump anything and everything they got into plumbing contractors like oh i want you part of our team because basement floods due to a sewer backup oh you gotta install a check valve you got drain tile dimple board around the foundation it does come hand in hand and it's Either if you're not restoration, you're strictly cleaning, you still have to go in there and do your post-construction. So you get in with insurance companies, you do this, general contractors, post-construction, uh, remodelers, like it's an endless amount of hot leads that are a constant, which is now you got the ball rolling. And that's, I, I would think any uh, like entrepreneur's goal yeah. is, to be consumed with the amount of calls that are coming in. Yeah. I would assume so. Oh, for uh, sure. So Josh, let's talk about service, this, not the service side of the business, but just, you know, we're, we're service industry professionals, right? We provide a service. And, and, and what I see is there's a lot of similarities. And, you know, when I'm building my business and when I went from two employees to 50 to a hundred to, you know, and so on for you, how different was it when you had the three to six employee company to where you're at with 30 plus employees how you know is how did that get how is that you know how do you deal with that how so everybody's going to take their own 
route. Do you like see how damn plug route with route? So (laughs) I feel like I've tried it. I got up to 68 plumbers 2018. Still had the same amount of people in the office, just more field personnel at the end of the day. And you know, like when you see these jobs, you gotta be a yes guy, right? Like, all right, so I submitted this bid five months down the road. You already got two other contracts that could f- fulfill that time. But it's like, oh, well, I don't want to look bad. Like, all right, I'll, I'll still do the job versus saying no. Like, I already got something to take that, uh, whatever, like on the schedule. Yeah. That was a really hard time. Yes, our, our, we, our annual sales were a lot higher. But our margins margins were were next to nothing. And then, you know, COVID hit, right? So after COVID, we started scaling down a little bit. Just be, you know, maybe even six months prior to that. I just, there's a lot of fat you have to cut. Everybody gets so like, uh, it just get into the day to day. And it's like, they become very passive, right? They lose the momentum. You as an owner, you're always trying to keep the momentum up. Like, hey, guys, when are you going to actually finish? And now you have people managing them to try to push, to try to get that skill set to be a manager. But you still have to know the plumbing industry. Yeah. It's very hard. It's a a skilled industry, especially when you have five different versions of the same industry. Yeah, that's that's the tough part, too. Like, you know, for us, I always talk about anybody who's a supervisor or a manager has to know what it is to clean. But you're talking about, there's a big difference in time. Like I you mean, could at, learn at, at that, you day, could learn our skill set much quicker than. Well, there's a five-year apprenticeship. Does it, does it take five years to become a plumber? I would say no. I say two and a half years, three years, but you're going to learn so many more things depending on what, what company you work for. So we try to do what all, and it's a lot. And I get it because every company I've ever worked for before never did it all. Yeah. And you never bounce guys from yeah. this to that to that. It could be a journeyman top scale. Hey, you know what? We're a little slow on that. Why don't you go in with, you know, the pipe fitters and weld eight inch gas? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's <laughs> you know, so it's like that is difficult. And you're trying to take care of your key guys. You got to pull back. And do not just think, I want to keep these guys busy. The worst thing you could ever do is during a slow time is just say, all right, guys, you can maybe take two days on a one day job just to try to keep them busy. So that way they don't leave to another company. You got to cut it, stop the bleeding right away. The mindset shifts. Yeah. You know, because I would say most of us being entrepreneurs, we're not horrible people. Now, once you get bigger, yeah. it's a numbers game. Yeah. And it's, everybody's just a number. I don't care who you are, done. The minute you are not needed anymore. Yeah. And that's where that's small businesses need to understand that. Or they will crumble just like the, what is it? For every company, they say that if you last more than six years, you should just cruise in through, you know, 15 years. 
That is bullshit. Well, uh, yeah, what does that you mean? You are constantly, you have to evolve. That, you got to evolve. What so, I, what Josh, what about, so would you say, would you prefer a, no, I, don't, I don't know how to say prefer, but a business owner that has been in the trenches versus a business owner that knows business and finance or management, would you rather be t- you talking, rubbing elbows to elbows to somebody that has been in the trenches and built the business? I can't or say what that. Do you, what do you, what I, I, do you I think? personally, whoever just runs the most efficient business at the end of the day, I've, I could care less if they never touch the pipe wrench. If you know how so to do it. So you think that's possible to never t- touch a pipe wrench? So I don't want to give out too many secrets of how to do it, but I would say there are ways to do that and you do not have to know anything about the business, but you have the capital to support a business because all you would have to do is just just hire somebody that knows it. Find the right people. That's true. So, but now you're entrusting them with that, but now they have to, you know, you're going to give them a piece of it, but you're still making your margin. So I can't say that. I just... That really does not matter. As long as you make money and you are employing people, that's the name of the game. Okay. Provide opportunity and just let that keep happening. Yeah. So would you say, as far as in the empowering the people part, like I'd like to get into the differentiation that Lopez Plumbing does here. You know, what, what do you guys do different? Obviously, you were talking about it earlier before, like what the opportunities that you give people. What else do you guys do different here? that you would say you learned from the other companies that are bigger, but that what you said, hey, you know what? This is where I'm gonna put my foot down and be different from everybody else. To be different than everybody else, of course, it's trying to make it a one-stop shop, right? I don't wanna become a general contractor because you got way too many moving parts. You're depending on people to hit your margins. I don't like that. I wanna be the one that makes my margins based on how efficient I could run the company. I learned that through time. At the end of the day, I just, I wanted to see what it was like to be able to run the whole operation because I would always ask my my bosses, please give me like, you know, I was a second year apprentice running, uh, I don't know, maybe $3 million job site. And I had 15 guys working for me. I'm like, this is so easy. And I'm just... You know, we would look at our reports and I was beating every other foreman with the numbers. So I'm like, why wouldn't I make that for myself? It takes so much time. When you look at those numbers, those numbers are not what you starting your business, your numbers are going to look like. This is a company that has five diversified. They have six, seven other companies. And so you look like, it looks like you're making a ton of money for them. And you kind of are, but for you to get the numbers of buying power, insurance, this, that, the other, you can never touch those numbers just opening up. And people have to realize that prior to thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to make buku bucks. At the end of the day, I mean, let's be honest, everybody's in it for some type of financial you know, oh, yeah. benefit, yeah. but you have to go to sleep knowing that there are 35 families depending that you are going to continue to employ them 
and that they're okay to buy that house. They're okay to buy those cars. That is a burden that not a lot of people are made for. Yeah. Well, hey, I got one more question for you. Yep. And I feel like this is a good one for us to end on. Actually, two more questions. But Josh, you know me and you network like no other. Dude, like how, how important do you think it is for, you know, because I know there, there's people that will say like, you know, I have a family. I got, you know, I, I've, I've got two kids at home. I've, I've got, not that those are excuses, but if you are in the service industry business and your job is to provide a service for a client, bro, me and you are out there all the time. Like how important is it for you to say, Hey, I've got to go out on a Thursday. I've got to go take this person out on a Friday. I've got to go to this event on a Saturday. Like it's like, I feel it. I know personally when, you know, Marley, who's always watching is like, we're taking time away from our families, but we have to do this, right? Like we have to network to get the business. Because at the end of the day, you said it does come to revenue. It does come to money. It does come to, without money, we can't employ. No, I, I honestly think that you have to start that off in the beginning. And it's, it's always a smoother transition. The younger you are that you start your business, you don't have the family that you're taken away from, you know, like uh, your wife. You're single. If you're not home. You're not, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. you have to work it. The harder you work that, the easier and the more you can generate. If you do that with a family, that is tough. Yeah. I've dealt with that. Me and you do. The older the you get, I think there's that transition where now you bring other people that will cater to taking the people out. So you don't necessarily have to be there every time. You could be there, you know, every fourth time, something like that, you know, once a month, something like whatever. But you cannot constantly do that. A lot of marriages usually end because, you know, the guy's an entrepreneur, this, that, the other. Guys mess up a lot too. But it's, you have to find a fine balance. Yeah. You know, and is there ever that balance? That's tough, dude. I can't say that's up to everybody. But if she married you, she should marry you for who you are. (laughs) As long as you don't change. You know, like... Because we're all working for saying, yeah, we're all working for it. Yeah. But you do have to pull back from the social aspect of it. You could do that. If it's that big of a lead, of course you go there and you are probably the best at putting your company out there more than anybody else. But how many of those really are there? Yeah. Like how many times that you actually go to an event or this or that uh, basketball game, taking out all the bosses? You are already most likely, if they're saying yes to your invitation, you got the job anyways. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to be there. Yeah. But you do have to have somebody that represents your company there. That's a good point. That's a good point. Josh, I appreciate you. Oh, of course. I appreciate the time you're taking. You guys, I hope you guys, you know, there's a lot of nuggets that were dropped. There's a lot of granular stuff that we're talking about. But at the end, it all has to do with business ownership, being an entrepreneur, uh, in the service industry, right? Like, again, what Cleaning the Cocktails is about is empowering the service industry by name of cleaning, right? Like, we're always talking about cleaning, which I always tied back in here. But 
there's so much more to it, man. Like we're, we're talking about a, a small business for 90% of our industry. It is a small business. So when you have people like Josh or other, you know, close resources and friends that you guys deal with, it's so important to share their story, right? Because I've got a lot of jobs because of Josh. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like it, I'm still waiting for my Rolex. I, he's it's uh, it's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. But uh, like it's it's just by 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 far by everything is always be networking. Always be learning about the others that are in your industry because those are the ones that can actually give back to you. So. Josh, dude, again, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for doing this. To end with this, though, where is Lopez Plumbing going to go in the next couple of years, in the <sighs> next five years, in the next 10 years? Everybody always has to have the end vision. Leave everybody with the vision of Lopez Plumbing. I would say I think we're going to continue to grow um, at a 6% you know, year over year. So when I told you guys granular, you see, this kid takes granular to the max. <laughs> Not only am I going to grow, but I'm going to grow by 6%. Like I don't, I, it's, this is a very weird time. Buying power, lead times. You can't really go so hard with that. Um, but what we have in place, it's, you know, small growth. And that's okay because what we're doing here is just working on margins. I could be, a million dollar a year company, let's just say like everything goes to crap. If I am 50% margin, that's all you need. So do not think bigger is better. Margins, 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 efficiency is by far your number one priority. Awesome. Well, bro, cheers, man. All right, bud. Thank you. All right. Peace out, everybody.